If you are a writer or you have considered writing a book or you are in the middle of writing a book, I want to talk to you about some things that are going to save you a load of time and energy and money that I discovered writing my own book, which just hit number one bestseller last week. Welcome to Million Dollar Flip Flops, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey to unlock the secrets of living life to the fullest. In this podcast, we dive deep into the minds of thought leaders, game changers, and business builders from around the world. We explore pivotal moments, motivations, challenges conquered, and the inspiration that fuels their success. But this show is about more than just their stories. It's about finding your own path to success. If you're a business owner feeling trapped, overwhelmed, and longing for the time freedom you once dreamt of, this podcast is your beacon of hope. And guiding you on this journey is none other than Roderick Lenhart, a number one best-selling author, international speaker, and certified business coach. His multi-number one best-selling book, Million Dollar Flip-Flops, is centered on his signature waves method, giving business owners the tools they need to change their lives and build an aligned business that brings them success and true fulfillment. So buckle up, because here we go. Okay, so I want to talk to you about some things that are going to save you a load of time and energy and money when it comes to writing your first book, because I had a ton of misconceptions about it. And I think if I can give this information to you, perhaps it will help save you some of those agonies and trials that I went through and make your book ultimately more successful in the end. So number 10, listed and they will come common misconception. I know at least my network thought, oh yeah, you you write a book, you put it online and like field of dreams, people just show up and they buy your book. And that could not be further from the truth. And I have lots of war stories about getting this thing done and launched. And that's the biggest one. You know, there's some crazy stats that we're going to talk about um, in the later numbers about how many books are actually sold, even by best-selling authors. And what the average author does, how many books are listed per year. And I bet you don't know what that number is. It blew my mind. But there's a lot more to it uh, than just throwing it up on Amazon or throwing it on Barnes & Noble and people show up and buy a book. Just doesn't work that way. There's a lot of hard work and time and energy. There's as much or more uh, work that goes into launching a book as there is that goes into writing a good book. And I certainly didn't know what was involved going in. I was about, I would say, a month into, I just finished the book. I'd handed it off to my editor. Um, And I ultimately hired a company to help me uh, with the launch. And that's part of the reason we hit number one. But if you saw the timelines that were involved and all of the little pieces that lead up to that one big day, it's staggering to, to do it right. I'll tell you that. So, you know, I leveraged every connection I had ever made in the last 20 years. I utilized a lot of tools to send emails and voicemails and texts and um, getting people for bulk orders on the front end of it and ways to prime the Amazon algorithm the couple of days before and then during launch and how reviews play into that. And there's just so much, you know, it was, it was a crazy amount of time and money. Number nine, you can do it on your own. Yes, you can. <laughs> um, and I was going down that route. I've very much been a Um, I can figure out just about anything, and especially in today's day and age with YouTube and uh, being able to consult the book of knowledge, which I call Google, 
yeah, you can def- absolutely figure it out on your own. But I will tell you, I probably had a hundred plus hours just in the two weeks leading up to launch, just on launch, not anything else that I was doing. <laughs> it was just on launch that also included seven or eight people that were probably putting in a full 40 hour week in those two weeks. And, um, you know, the publisher we were working with, she's done a hundred books in the last couple of years and it, it blew all the other books out of the water. And it was just because I was exhausted and that actually leads to number one. And we'll get to that in a minute, but, um, how I was able to push through that exhaustion and why it was important that I do so. But, you know, there's a couple options when it comes to publishing, you can just do everything yourself. There's a lot of tools out there where you can just throw it up on, you know, KDP. And then there's kind of done with you programs. So there's the folks out there that will handle some of the heavy load and just let you focus on the book and the promotion, et cetera. And there's various layers of that, obviously. And then there's the traditional publishers and the chances of you getting published are really, really slim. And that leads me to number eight. Publishers don't know best, period. And there's the stories I love about like Jack Canfield and the chicken soup for the soul books. Um, I think he was denied by 134 publishers. And last I looked, he had sold half a billion books. So what did the publishers know? Clearly the people wanted that, but the people never would have seen it because publisher knows best. And it's just not true. Harry Potter, you know, JK Rowling. I mean, there, <laughs> there's so many people that were denied publishing deals. So, you know, I wouldn't let that stop you. And it's probably another vote for doing it on your own or doing a done with you version of that. Um, and I'll link to all the resources that I used in, in the comments. So uh, from the digital marketing agency to the publisher and just some of the other tools I use, like Drop Cowboy and things like that on the day launch, um, MailerLite, some things you've probably heard of, some you probably haven't. Um, but, you know, it's it's your it's your music, you know, and it's. The, the point of this, and this goes into number seven, and in my book, Million Dollar Flip Flops, um, there's a whole chapter about doing it anyway. And I always liken it to Shakespeare. You know, he did 500 plus plays in his lifetime, and we're still out there making movies every day. And it's because it's whatever your magic is, your voice, your life's experience matters to people. Nothing I say, most things I say are not original concepts. They're the way I've put them together that has worked for me. And when you hear it out of my voice, perhaps it resonates with you in a way that you've heard it 40 other times before. So going back to publishers don't know best, you know, that's, you can't listen to other people's opinion about what you want to do. If you have something to say, say it to the best of your ability. There is a group of people out there. I guarantee it. No matter how off the wall your thing is, I have seen in the coaching world, certainly I've seen some crazy niches that you would never believe exist. And there's a population of people that that speaks to. And, and that's what we're here to do. That's what most of YouTube is. You know, you can literally find anything on here. So, um, you know, just don't get discouraged and, It also, this is part of the reason that AI, I think, is not, people think AI is going to take over the art world. And I don't know that that's possible. I was, because of the energy involved, I was talking with um, an artist friend of mine, and she's more in the, you know, paintings and sculptures and woodwork and things like that. And I was sharing with her that if AI created a carbon copy of her work, I would still buy the original work because I believe that there is an energy that's transferred 
from the artist to the work. And then you get that energy. And I believe that with books very much so. And I think as human beings, we're a tremendous lie detector. And you know when you're reading something that wasn't written by another human being, no matter how good AI is right now, when it's not your words, people can tell. And I just think it, that's what you lose is you lose that energy. And it's kind of rude, but, you know, I've been asked that question a lot. Well, you know, did you write it or did you have a ghostwriter? Did you write, which a ghostwriter, you know, at least still is a human being in theory. Or did, you know, did AI do it? And it's like, no, these two fingers <laughs> did all 60,000 words. And it's like asking, uh, you know, someone who has an engagement ring, well, is that real? It's like, you know, I poured my heart and soul into this thing and you're asking if I had a computer do it. You know, it's just kind of a rude question that I never thought I would get. But, you know, it all comes down to this is kind of a long topic, but it's just do it anyway. You know, you have this thing to offer the world. And Hormozzi the other day put a post up about, um, you know, people are so worried about what other people think and what they're going to think of you. And the example he uses the Queen of England controlled more money and people than 99% of this earth. But you probably haven't thought about her until I said that since she died. Do what you're here to do, man. Nobody's nobody's going to care. And the people who do care aren't your tribe and it doesn't matter. And nobody's going to remember anyway, a hundred years from now. So we'll stop there. That's going to be a whole video all itself. So number six, writing is 10% of the battle. I'm a very speedy writer. I've, I wrote a blog for a long time. So I, I type it probably 130, 140 words a minute with pretty solid accuracy. And so I finished my book in six months, um, maybe five, and that was, wasn't working on it every day, just kind of when I felt inspired. But the majority of that work was in the editing and in the restructuring and in the, you know, you pour out all of this stuff, but that's not what makes a book. And there's so much more work in the back end to have a good book. And I think that's why, or something you're proud of, you know, I think there's, there's people that do an ebook and that's fine. And it's a hundred pages and they don't really edit it. And you can tell as the reader that that was the case when it came out. And it doesn't mean it's not, doesn't have useful information in it. It's just uh, the overall quality of the thing that you're reading. So, um, and then there's graphics and there's, you know, if you're linking off to things, you know, my book has a lot of free resources and things in it. You have to make sure that it's the right links. And there's just, there's just endless things that ultimately that's where uh, somebody had done with you service helps. Hey gang, it's Roderick, and I hope you're enjoying today's show. What I've found as a lifelong entrepreneur, and certainly in coaching other entrepreneurs around the world for the last 20 years, is that we all pass through five phases on our business journey, from the believer to the business Buddha. You need the first two, you want the last two, but sadly, most of us get stuck in the middle and start the cycle over, some of us forever. Knowing where you are reveals a clear path for where you need to go. I've created a free quiz that when answered honestly, We'll tell you where you currently are, but most importantly, we'll reveal your next steps. You can take the quiz right now at milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash quiz. This has taken me 20 years of in the trenches trial and error to develop, and it's designed to change the way you look at your business and your life forever. Are you the showman? Are you the anxious philosopher? Maybe you're the peaceful warrior. There's only one way to find out. Take the free quiz now at milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash quiz and see where you land. The results may shock you. Now back to the show. Number five, deadlines. 
This one was really hard for me to swallow. And I think anybody who's a creator of any kind, I liken it to NASA. I was watching a special about when they built the uh, last space telescope and they had a, basically a 10 or 15 year plan. And so if new technology comes along in those 10 years and think how fast technology moves, you can't implement that because you, you have this plan. You have to see all the way through. There might be bits and pieces, but it doesn't matter if there's this new thing. You have to design and build the thing and that's it. You're stuck with that. And that's very much how I felt when my publisher said, all right, no more edits. And she meant it. I mean, she locked me out of the document. And I would think of things that were this insight on a certain chapter or a topic where, oh man, I could have I changed that. Or I watched maybe one of our clients have this epiphany and I'm like, I need to put this in the book can't it's it's it is a moment in time and that is done and so it's it's a hard thing to swallow and it certainly told me why people ultimately don't publish books because i saw in my book how it could it could be just a never-ending cycle you know it's, it, you can constantly make it a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better and you know i've talked often on this channel and elsewhere about real artist ship and you know just shipping means getting it out the door and not letting perfect leave really, really good on the table. And I think that's what a lot of us do. So just knowing that going in, it, it makes it easier to give that handoff to your publisher in the end. Number four, costs. If you're just throwing up an ebook on an Amazon, you can do it for almost nothing. My book, I had easily six figures in hard costs, um, not including my time. And if you factor my time, you know, you're well over $300,000 if you're figuring things that I could have been doing with that time other than writing a book. And you just have to understand, and this is getting towards number one and why number one is going to be so important. Um, you're never getting that money back. And that's um, number three. We'll talk, we'll just jump right into that. You know, your average author sells less than 250 books in their lifetime the lifespan of that book, 250 books. Think about that. And then compare that with, if it's an average, you're talking about Obama or Oprah or the Bible or James Clear or Hormozzi's book or wh whoever it is that's selling millions and millions of books. So that means the, your neighbor who's writing a book is going to sell 25 copies in his lifetime. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. Couple that with the fact that most authors don't make a lot of money. Certainly best-selling authors, you know, the, these guys that are selling a million books, you would be surprised how many of them are making a dollar a book or $2 a book. And then how rare it is to hit a million books. It's, it's something like 500,000 books per year is the average that, that go online. And now it's even that number's rising dramatically because of self-publishing, but it's point, you know, 20 people out of, 500,000 will sell that many books. And it's usually super huge name people that we all know, right? So um, you have to be doing it for another reason other than making money. And I think the folks that set out on a path that, you know, oh, my book's gonna be a bestseller, I'm gonna be a millionaire. It's, I mean, your better chance of playing shortstop for the Yankees, honestly. I mean, it's just it's a really, really hard thing to do. So you have to be doing it for another reason. And I'll never make the money back on the book that I spent on launching the book, but I have a bigger purpose with our foundation and all the other reasons we do things at Million Dollar Flip Flops. So um, it's, just a, it's just a different mindset of looking at things before you set out. And that's very much what we talk about in the Waves Method and all the things we do as a, as a coaching practice. Number one, the most important thing 
It's also the most important thing in the waves method. And if, if I tell you real quickly, there's other videos here with the waves method is, but it's your why it's authenticity, it's values, it's exploration, and it's your statement of purpose. And if you look at the A, why authenticity is in between your why and your values, when you're writing a book, when you set out to do this properly, you're going to want to quit. <laughs> Certainly, if you're launching it correctly, you're going to want to quit. Um, your inner critics and saboteurs will step in, minded 100%. And these are things I work on every day. Um, I clearly don't mind putting myself out in public. You wouldn't still be watching this. But there were buttons I didn't want to press because I was like, Ugh, you know, but the why behind why I wrote the book, we donate 100% of the profits from everything we do to our foundation. And in my mind, all I think about is one, whose life will change from reading this and reading my experience. And then two, whose life can we change with the foundation when we donate all the profits? And I was putting in 18, 20 hour days for the final days leading up to launch. I'm doing lives. I'm on endless podcasts and interviews and I was tired. I mean, I was just physically and mentally exhausted, but it was my why that carried me through. And ultimately all of that work is what led to, you know, we hit number one in all three categories that we were putting on Amazon. And to give you an idea, there's, I think there's 30 million books on Amazon. And if, if I'm wrong on that, you can correct me in the comments, but I was going to be excited if we hit top 100,000. And again, for just a little old business book, um, top 100,000 is huge. If you think top 100,000 out of 30 million, you know, that's a monster number. Um, and we hit 1,500. So not only were we number one in every category, sometimes we were number one and two in every category, hardcover and softcover or uh, paperback. We were top new release. I mean, it was just an unbelievable experience to watch all that happen but it was because my why was big enough and it was because I kept pushing till the very last minute. And at the end of the day, and I'll leave you with this, had we sold one book or 10,000 books, I was okay with that. And the day before launch, I shared a video live, if you follow any of my other socials. And I just said, you know, I gave it everything I had. I knew that I did everything I possibly could to give this book the best chance of being in as many hands as possible so we could change as many lives as possible so that we can fund the foundation and change lives on that side. And I knew that when I woke up Wednesday, regardless of what the results were, I did my best. And that's the only metric any of us should be judging ourselves on anyway. So I leave you with that. Go do your thing. Go do your art. Don't care what anybody thinks. Do it for your reasons, not anybody else's. And if I can ever help in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Million Dollar Flip Flop Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you listen on. If this episode make you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links in the description of this episode. If you want to see more behind the scenes with Roderick and his guests, be sure to find them on Instagram. It's also where we can have deeper conversations on these episodes. Go to www.instagram.com forward slash million dollar flip flops. Until next time.